everybody. Welcome to Two Guys Five Movies. This is one of your co-hosts, Chris Gasparri. This is Frank Pelicone. You're listening to The Spin Chagrin number 67, and this is the first time we've went international, Frank. You are currently on vacation in Thailand and still being professional enough to record a podcast. So, um... Nothing if not professional. (laughs) Uh, So, you watched a bunch of movies on the plane going over, and... um, and uh, so tell us, what did what did you watch, and um, what are you going to tell us about the night in terms of the chagrin? Uh, so I watched Orphan, First Kill. Mm. Um, shit, hold on, I gotta look and see, I don't remember now. <clears throat> I watched some terrible shit. Uh, I don't want to spoil the last one. When did I text you that? Uh... I don't know, like, I'll, I'll, I'll find it here. Oh, okay, I watched Nope, finally. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I watched Orphan First Kill. I watched a horror movie called Lullaby that I slept through part of, so it doesn't really count. Um, I watched a, what felt like a British made-for-TV movie called Kingslayer hmm. about um, Richard the Lionheart, like, fighting off attempts at his throne while walking through the woods one day. I don't know. It was a weird movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched uh, Thor Love and Thunder finally. Oh, okay. Um, and then finally I watched a movie that I was challenged to watch on about six months ago. When we watched trailers, when the last time you were going overseas um, to to cover for that, uh, that, that time period, Yes, uh, you were challenged to to watch uh, this movie. Yeah, so I also <laughs> watched um, The Fablemans, which I have erroneously called Meet the Fablemans for <laughs> six months. Um, but that is not what it's called. It's just called The Fablemans. Um, directed by Steven Spielberg, written by him and Tony Kushner, um, starring uh, Michelle Williams, Paul Dano, uh, Seth Rogen, uh, Gabriel LaBelle, and Jared Her- Judd Hirsch. Um. Yeah. So. So I know you want to talk about this. Talk about this fucking movie. I I want yeah, I want you to. I mean I don't know how much there is like for you to tell me about honestly, but yes, I want you to tell me about this movie. I um. Everybody should understand that it's like we uh, neither of us like necessarily probably had a lot of faith in this movie because this feels like um, what Spielberg. Spielberg's most like important film kind of like since um his last important film because we're both a little well, like incredulous of Spielberg to some degree I think anymore I be- like the way that it's okay so I did not enjoy this movie really at all mm-hmm. but it still is like a moderately well-crafted film because of Spielberg mm-hmm. but when That's you boring. The brief description on um, whatever the guide on the airplane said, a young boy falls in love with movies over the course of his life while unearthing a world-shattering secret about his family or something like that. Uh-huh. I ain't going to spoil the world-shattering secret early on, but let me tell you something. Like, if you can't figure it out within the first, like, 25 minutes of this movie... And they seriously make you wait like an hour and 10 minutes until they really like bring it on you. If you can't figure it out that quick, then you're an idiot. It is the most. I figured it out from the trailer. (laughs) 
Well, when we get there, you 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 tell me. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't again. I don't want to spoil it. But right. Yeah. yeah. So so fucking obvious. So the movie opens with um. Fuck, I can't remember their names now. Uh, Sammy Fableman, play, right. played by Gabriel Labelle. Yeah. Um, is being as oh, he's not played by Gabriel Labelle here because he's a small child. But um, his parents, uh, Michelle Williams and Paul Dano, are taking him to a movie, a showing of The Greatest Show on Earth. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the first time that he's been to a movie. It's like 1952, I think. Um, you find out through, actually, in a way that I'm kind of like okay with, because they don't really show you a whole lot of like backstory here. Like They kind of just teach you the backstory through the dialogue and what happens on the screen, which I actually kind of appreciate. Um, Paul Dano is a basically like engineering genius, a World War II veteran. Um, his mother is a free-spirited artist who's a classically trained um, like concert pianist prodigy. Mm-hmm. prodigy. Uh, so they're two completely different people, but they're in love, whatever. So they take their son to see this movie and he freaks out like it's like the greatest thing. Mm-hmm. Um, he's super upset by this scene where these trains collide and like all these animals are released. So they're asking him like, Hey, what do you want for Hanukkah? Like, what do you want for your Hanukkah gift? And he can't think of it. So after seeing the greatest show on earth, he like wakes up in the middle of the night and what he wants is a model train. Mm. So you learn to find, you come to find that his father is super analytical. Um, doesn't really have like a lot of creativity. Um, the mother supports like all of Sammy's like excesses. Cause one of the things he wants to do with this train is set it up so it can go around the track and run into a model car and cause the model car to like flip up in the air. Like it does in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so the mother is like, Hey, because the father freaks out cause Sammy's destroying like this delicate piece of, you know, fine engineering in this Lionel train spit. Right. Um, let me tell you this. Also, there is no sympathetic characters in this movie. Like, they all fucking suck. Like, I hated every person in this movie. What's but... wrong with Sammy? Well, so I'm actually going to call this as the Do I Dare to Eat a Peach episode? Because <laughs> okay. these are the most, like, self-loathing, anxious, uncertain, unable to, like, talk about their feelings, unable to confront, like, the truth about their lives. It's like, you know the faces that you hate in movies where somebody looks like really like it's almost like a constipated sad face like like oh i'm i'm so nervous about my life and i'm so on edge about my life like that's this whole movie is that face yeah if that face had a movie it's this movie um so anyway so the mother uses their home home uh super 8 camera to record let sammy record the train running into the car so he can play it over and over again. So he develops a love for movies. Sure. So you get introduced to the fact that they live New Jersey, maybe, or something. Um, yeah, the father, cool. the father is an inventor of something like some computing process. Um, his best friend, Buddy, um, who's also apparently the mother's best friend. Um, they all hang out together all the time. They live close to the the family, like the mother-in-laws. Um, but the father gets offered a job in Arizona 
to work for GE. So he packs up his family, moves to Arizona. So the mother freaks out because they, the guy, the father, she wants them to bring Buddy with them because Buddy's their best friend. And he says, listen, like, I worked really hard on my own to get to this point. Like, you know, even though that's my friend, like, he needs to work hard to get to that point as well. It shouldn't just be on me. But then she convinces them so they all move together and he gets them a job at GE. So then you see, over the course of time in Arizona, it's like this halcyon period for Sammy where he's making movies all the time and, like, kind of developing film techniques and really falling in love with, like, the idea of movie making. Um, you see that they go on, like, these vacations. They go on this vacation together where they go camping, of all things. Mm. Um, and there's this really weird scene where Buddy gets... Sammy to film the mother dancing in her nightdress where you can kind of see like the outline of her whole body like underneath it. Okay. Um, and it's really like uncomfortable and Sammy's uncomfortable That's... with it. <laughs> yeah. So the mother gets like starts to get really depressed and the father's like, hey, you know what you need to do for your mom is you need to edit the footage from our camping trip together and show it to her because that'll really cheer her up. Uh-huh. So when Sammy's doing this editing, what does he discover? Do you know? Can you guess? That she's having an affair. With? The f- father's friend. Well, it's her friend, too. Okay. So this is a shattering secret that's going to destroy the Fablemans. Sure. Except that it's like the most telegraphed thing in the whole movie, and you can tell the entire time that that's what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But whatever. So here's where I'm actually... I'd like to talk to somebody else who's like seen this movie because this is, I think that the whole point of this is to show that Paul Dano is like a huge coward and is using his son to expose what he already knows to be true, which is that, and they're not having a, a romantic affair. They're just in love with each other and they have never like consummated that relationship. No, sexual just, affair. You mean? Okay. Yeah. 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 They all like, I'm sorry. It's romantic. It's not sexual. Yeah. Um, so I think that Paul Dano was setting his kid up to expose this affair so he could have a reason to take this job with IBM in California and leave Buddy behind. Mm. Which, so then Sammy freaks out and he won't talk to his mom for a long time. Um, and she ends up, like, beating him. She ends up beating him um, before he's going to get his eagle badge and something or other swimming because he has to be naked right or half naked mm-hmm. um so after him being like a complete asshole for a couple of weeks he finally reveals that he knows he, he shows her so he shows them the edited footage of like the good times at um the camping trip but then he has a second reel that he's edited that shows all the evidence of the mother and buddy having this like emotional affair and he shows it to the mother and they reconcile over that. But then the father's like, you know, fuck it. I'm moving us to California. Mm. So everybody's all freaked out about having to move to California. Because Buddy's getting left behind. And um, Sammy won't talk to Buddy anymore because I guess he feels like it's a betrayal of his father. Which, you know, makes sense, whatever. Sure. But Buddy doesn't understand, like, why they can't be friends. Because Buddy's also, like, an unctuous prick. Although probably, like, the best character in the movie. In terms of just being, like, a human being that you can have compassion for. And that's the Rogan um, character? Yeah. Okay. So, 
so they move um and sammy and his mom have like a better relationship because he understands her better i think and they go to California, and California's full of anti-Semites. So mm. now Sammy's getting bullied all the time by... Let me see what character this is that plays this kid, because I know that he looked familiar to me. Gabriel Bell. Um, he was in The Predator? Sam, Sam Reckner? Oh. Oh, no, no, no. That's not him. Sorry. The kid that was bullying? Yeah, the bully. Oh, okay. I think... Okay, so it's Oaks Fegley is this guy's name. Okay. Who is like the me. Yeah, like imagine the um the character in uh Christmas story. Mm-hmm. The rat face kid with the um yeah. cap or um what's that guy's name in uh Freaks and Geeks? Is it Leonard? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, so I'm imagine, looking. I'm looking at a picture of this kid. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. So he's that basically. Um, got just an absolute thirties like gangster movie face, kind of. Yeah, he really does. Um, so he like abuses Sammy all the time, both verbally and physically. And Logan, who's the popular like um, super jock in high school, he kind of like tacitly approves it, and sometimes I even tacitly, sometimes openly. Mm-hmm. Um, because everybody hates Jews, and that's what they say. And right. they hang a bagel in his um, locker that says "Jew hole," which I don't know. I mean, I guess that that was offensive in the 1960s or whatever, but I didn't get it. Okay. Um, so Sammy's, of course, like super upset and having to live in this like anti-Semite haven, and he's stopped making movies ever since he caught his mom and buddy cheating. Um, the mother's gone crazy because she misses Buddy too much, um, and she buys a monkey, mm. and the monkey like, throws his poop at people and stuff. I don't know. Right. I don't understand the purpose of a monkey except to just illustrate that he's nuts. Um, so finally, Paul Dano's like, I can't take this anymore. Oh, so in the meantime, Sammy uh, stands up to Logan and Chad, and in doing so, like, piques the interest of this woman that becomes his uh, love interest uh, played by somebody I don't know anyway so they start having a relationship um, Monica Sherwood is the character's name Chloe East is the name of the um, the actress mm-hmm. uh, she falls in love with him because she thinks she convert can convert him from Judaism to Christianity <laughs> by basically making out with him and having him let Jesus into his heart Okay. So then that becomes a subplot. And she also convinces them because her family's wealthy to take her father's Aeroflex camera and film the senior ditch day, which he does. Okay. So um, the mother leaves. Um, they get divorced. The mother moves back to Arizona to live with Buddy. So the family's all distraught. Um, so on. But, so they've talked. No. So they've decided this is going to happen. But she's still living at home. So Sammy goes to prom and proposes to his girlfriend. He's like, move, move to move to Hollywood with me. I'm going to try and become a film director because I can't um, be a, you know, engineer like my dad wants me to. And she's like, well, you're crazy because number one, like you're Jewish. And number two, um, you know, we're kids and I can't just like leave my school, my 
you know, give up going to college to move to California with him. So he plays the video, and in the video, he makes the um, Oakley dude, the Chad bully, look terrible while making Logan, the other bully, look like amazing, like the super god. And Logan freaks out about it because he's like, you know, I've been so like shitty to you. Like, why would you do this where you make me look like something I'm not? And basically, I guess the answer is that he he wanted to shame him by showing him like how great other people see him and him knowing that he's a bully or whatever. I don't know. It's really like maudlin when it happens, uh, but they become like kind of friends. And mm. um, when the uh, weasel face bully tries to beat up Sammy, uh, Logan beats the shit out of him and chases him off. Um, but then his girlfriend dumps him. So he's all depressed and his mom leaves, which is also depressing. So him and his dad moved to Los Angeles into this small apartment to try and work out um, him like being uh, going to school and joining IBM. Um, but he's been doing it for a year and he hates it. So he's also been sending letters the entire time to film studios trying to get on board um, with like an apprenticeship or something. So then there's this weird tense exchange between Paul Dano and Sammy where Sammy has some film to develop or no, they get sent pictures from Arizona where the two Sammy has two sisters who I've not talked about. Because they legitimately mean nothing to this movie. Mm-hmm. They're just there to have Sammy emote against kind of at different times or to like show you like, oh my God, it's tearing the family apart. We'll get to all that shit in a minute. Um, so they send a picture where you can see the mother and buddy like kissing in the background and being all happy. And Paul Dano has this like emotional breakdown kind of. And he's like, if you don't want to go to school, Go do what you want. You know, you have to try and be happy. You can't, like, live your life for other people all the time. And so Sammy, like, immediately opens up a letter that invites him to go to CBS to have an interview to work as, like, um, second unit on some TV show. So he goes, and he's meeting with a guy, and the guy's like, yeah, we really want you on board. Like, we love your enthusiasm. But it doesn't seem to be for television. It seems to be for movies. The guy's like, hey, do you want to meet maybe the greatest film director of all time? And across the hall is John Ford. So one of the early inspirations for Sammy's filmmaking was uh, Man Who Shot Liberty Valance. And one of the first movies he made was basically like a a semi-shot-for-shot remake of the stagecoach robbery scene. Like Mm -hmm. the stand in the living room. Mm -hmm. Really fucking awesome scene. So, of course, John Ford is across the hall and Sammy goes to meet him. And John Ford is a dick and, like, berates him, but in a kind, like, encouraging way. Um, and that's the end of the movie. Like, he leaves and... And that's his the role that Lynch played, right? Oh, is that David Lynch? That's what I read, that like, um, months ago that Lynch plays John Ford. No shit. Oh, it is, yeah. Yeah. I had, I had no idea. Like, I... Yeah, he's unrecognizable. Huh. And it's a pretty fantastic performance. Nice. It doesn't sound like him at all either. It's it's really that's, that's really cool. Yeah, that that actually well, that he's part not, is he's not fine. talking insane, probably. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, look at that picture. What do you see? And Sammy's like, I see some men on horses. Like, no. Describe it. Where's the horizon? He's like, the horizon's at the bottom. And he's like, look at that picture. What do you see? And Sammy, who's an idiot that never learns anything, is like, oh, I see men on horses. Like, no, idiot. 
where's the horizon? He's like, at the top. He's like, right. Horizon at the bottom, interesting picture. Horizon at the top, interesting picture. Horizon in the middle, boring as fuck. Now get the fuck out. It's actually, mm-hmm. it's, it's what like people should have been saying to fucking Sammy the entire time, which is <laughs> all right. So I've listened to that and like, look, uh, and this is what I thought. This is my, this is my impression. You tell me if I'm correct is I thought this would be a well-crafted movie that has good performances and is just a fine coming of age tale that I will would roll my eyes at at numerous points because it's so self autobiographical that um and 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 because of my feelings about later stage Spielberg um yeah I don't know if it's even that great of a coming of age tale because maybe I just don't like coming of age tales maybe this is the the hard truth of this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I find Sammy to be a moderately like unlikable character the entire time. Like, there's never a point where I, I felt like I was rooting for him to succeed or overcome anything. Like, I was just always like consistently sort of disappointed in the character. Um, Michelle Williams is trash in this movie, and I, I think she's a really good actress, but I can't stand the performance here. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean. The thing is, is that because it's, oh, there's actually, um, Judd Hirsch's performance is pretty good, too. Like, he's, uh, they list him in the main cast, but he's in it for, like, maybe, like, seven or eight minutes. He plays this estranged uncle who went into show business that comes to visit after Michelle Williams' mother dies. Um, and the, basically, the advice he gives to Sammy is, you can either love art and show business, or you can love a family, like, you can't have both. So you've got to at some point decide that you're going to like leave all these people in order to pursue the thing that you love most and you can't bring them with you. And it's actually like, it's, it's a pretty good scene. Yeah. Um, there's a, there's a lot of controversy about his screen time and getting nominated for best supporting actor. I know it's a good performance, but it's mm-hmm. not a best supporting actor performance. It literally is like seven minutes of screen time. Maybe yeah. like right. he that, shows that, up. That, that was the controversy is about the screen time amount. Yeah. Yeah, he shows up, he has dinner with him, he hangs out with Sammy in his room, and then, like, he's gone in the next scene. It's, like, maybe four scenes total. Yeah. Um, Good in those four scenes, mm-hmm. but I would have honestly, I mean, David Lynch has as much screen time. Like, why is David Lynch not mm-hmm. nominated for the John Ford performance? Right. I would argue that that's just as, I actually think that's a better performance because he's playing a real person as opposed to just playing like a fictionalized version of maybe several real people. Um, so yeah, so here's the things I liked because that's going to be a shorter list. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Spielberg always has the ability to capture the allure of motion pictures in his movies. Mm-hmm. Like I think that and sometimes I think it's a little too precious, and I think it's true here as well, especially because it's so like autobiographical. But it really does make you understand, like, and feel the feelings of why you enjoy watching movies. I think, and I think, you know, I mean, obviously he spent his entire life making movies, so he's good at portraying that. Um, the film is pretty well shot. Uh, the sequences that show Sammy making his little like eight millimeter um, movies 
are actually probably the most fascinating and interesting. Like this kid, like setting up shots and building like makeshift dollies and um, trying to motivate these, you know, 12, 13 year old kids to be actors, like all that stuff is actually probably the most interesting part of the movie. And I think if it was more that and less of the like trite, like maudlin relationship shit, it actually would have probably been one of my favorite movies of the past like 10 years, if that would have been it. Mm-hmm. Like the opening, and it's it's lame the way they set it up because Kushner and Spielberg just write everything is like super pronounced. It's like every scene is just billboards of like this is what we're telling you in the scene. There's right. almost no like nuance to it, which is super yeah. annoying. And yeah, that opening but, scene where they go to see Greatest Show on Earth, like it's all filmed really well, and yeah. it kind of reminded me of um, shit. What is that movie called? Uh, Cinema Paradiso, mm-hmm. in the sense of like how it like kind of maybe I thinking about it now. It's probably a hundred percent what he's like paying homage to there, but um, just capturing like that like fixated to the screen like these things happening in front of you yeah especially as a child like it really does capture that feeling sure and if they would have just continued on there and just made it about sammy making these movies i think it would have been a pretty pretty yeah. interesting and pretty good movie well that's you what if you remember with him like the episode we just released this for this past week that we recorded a couple months ago about war of the worlds we talked about that very thing with spielberg is that like he he can't like like so many scenes are just about like hitting you on the head this right. is what this scene is about like you know do you get it do you get it and it's super obnoxious yeah the first scene or the scene where buddy is first introduced you know that buddy and the mother are in love with each other it's like then that's mm-hmm. the problem is that if you want to make the movie about like this gut punch to their family about this like horrible secret hide it you know what i mean like mm-hmm. make it where it's not sure 100 percent obvious make the or make the viewer feel the surprise and shock and maybe disgust that the child is feeling i would think so in the scene where the mother is dancing like half naked in the at the camping trip right mm-hmm. if it would have been the father that suggested that sammy film that scene like oh sammy you should film this because again and i i, I think this is like the real saving grace of this movie and what saves it from being just like absolutely like, trash in my not not trash, but just not worth watching in my opinion, is the fact that I really think that Spielberg does a good job of hiding the fact that Paul Paul Dano is manipulating all these things to happen, mm-hmm. so he can break up with his wife without having to actually break up with his wife. Like he can force the moment to its crisis, um, <laughs> you know, to quote fucking yes. Elliot again. Yep, um, where he can do that through his son so he doesn't have to be the bad guy he can just be like the martyr basically at that point and it's pretty brilliant the way that spielberg does it and the way that he never comes out and says it and i think that's why i'm so confused as to whether or not that's the true intention because he's so obvious about everything else that it just feels like i'm just confused that he's not so obvious about this one thing that's pretty big point in the movie so yeah. But I really think that's the reason why um, Dano has uh, Sammy edit that footage together is not to make the mother happy, but in order to have somebody else catch her in the act. Mm. Which, again, like how these kids are not like so completely. Like, 
that's so obvious. Like, how does anyone miss it, really? So that's kind of dumb. Right. Um. So, yeah, so it's a little too long. Um, it focuses too much on things that I also, I don't ever want to, like, downplay the idea of, like, bullying or especially not, like, anti-Semitism. But it's all, again, it's all so obvious. Like, it's very, like, hammer over the head in terms of it. And not, like, something where... I mean, I guess, like, I've read enough fiction that takes place in that time period that involves, like, Jewish people to know that, like, these things that were happening were, like, you know, like, this was really happening to Jewish people. Sure. It feels like it would be weird that it would be happening in California, because I would think that that would be a more, like, open place for people to go, but I guess it was. Um, But they're just so over the top with it, you know? And then the other, the problem is that they're over the top with it, and then they 100% abandon it. Like, they never talk about it again. Mm-hmm. Like, the um, fucking rat base kid, he's not bullying him anymore because he's a Jew. He's just bullying him because he's a bully. And, like, they never bring his religion back into it, except for, like, the couple times they do. And they're really, like, blunt and aggressive about it. But then, like, play that out, you know? Like, I don't know. It's just, it just feels um, cheap, I guess, kind of like and contrived in the way that Spielberg is using something that he knows that most people are going to feel uncomfortable with to like make you uncomfortable Uh and then just to go because he's also kind of a coward, I think. So, yeah. Yeah. Look, I watch this thing, but like, I'm, I'm not going to look forward to it. (laughs) Like, so what and i i know there's merit to this movie but like and just can you give me two different scores this time like can you give me like what your actual like rating for this movie is like overall and the chagrin score because i think it's like i think that's important to make that distinction what scale do you want to give me to give the actual rating i don't care what you do one out of ten or a a A to f like you know whatever you want to use um, as a film itself, it's a B minus, I guess. Okay. Um, look, on a like it's very uncomfortable to ride on a plane for as long as it takes to get across the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's thought that makes it really difficult sometimes to focus on movies because mm-hmm. there's distractions. And I watched this movie straight through without interruption. Mm-hmm. So it's compelling enough that like you watch it. It's filmed well enough because, you know, no matter, like, what my qualms with Spielberg as a filmmaker are, like, Phil is, like, a, a pretty excellent craftsman. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's got some good performances. Like, you know, Judd Hirsch is good. Uh, David Lynch, who I didn't know, was David Lynch is good. Um, I just feel like Michelle Williams and Paul Dano are both very wooden characters in the sense that they're very one note all the time. Like she's always crazy and histrionic and he's always analytical and boring. And I don't know. It's just for two really talented actors, it's kind of really a letdown that Spielberg just makes them be so one dimensional. Mm. Maybe a C. It's not like it's Oscar bait only in the sense that like it's so obvious what it's trying to do. Yeah. But not 
sense that it's like a great movie that really makes you want to um and and, and not knowing ex- anything about what i'm talking about seemed like it was seen as oscar bait considering it got shut out of the oscars this year like it got like seven nominations and didn't win a single thing <clears throat> well definitely i mean that's the that's the problem is it's if he just would have made a movie if he just would have made a movie that was just this kid making films and having these other stuff happen think about like maybe um this is not a good like really good comparison but like empire of the sun or um even something like um uh, fuck what's that Lucas movie? Um with the goddamn fucking cars and shit. Uh oh um fuck. What is that movie? Damn yeah, why can't I think of that? Um, anyway, that one. The fucking coming of age movie. It's just, yeah, it's, like, I, 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 it's so dumb that I can't remember this. Um yeah, I'm really. really American Graffiti. Look, yeah, I typed you. the right year in Lucas movie 1973. I couldn't remember the fucking movie though. Don't. So anyway, so putting in like this layer of soap opera drama on top of everything else, and at many times like forcing that to be the thing that you're focused on, mm-hmm. it just ruins the emotional impact of what could have been like a really great ode to a man's love for film. Right. Like, show him over the course of time, like, going to see different movies and how they influence them, you know? Because you, they, they show the Liberty Valance thing early, and obviously, like, the first thing that inspires them is um, uh, the great greatest show on Earth. But, like, he's obviously inspired by something like, uh, um, fuck, I don't know, like, Hatari or, mm-hmm. uh, where Eagles Dare or something like that. Like, show stuff of him, like, going to the movies to watch that. Or going to watch monster movies and then making, like... Because he does, like... He makes, like, a mummy movie. There's all these, like, great scenes of him, like, yeah. using his friends and family to film these things. And it just gets pushed by the wayside to tell this yeah. really trite, melodramatic story of, like, family distress because the mother is just generally an asshole. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, so it's like a it's it it's a C plus B minus as a movie. Yeah, um, it's a solid seven and a half on the chagrin scale. Mm. Um, just because I couldn't stand the majority of the plot and two of the main actors, I thought were very wooden. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, all that makes sense. Um, fucking boomers, man. Yeah, it just feels like just the movie itself. When I watched the trailer, just felt like it was something that was so out of date. Like with anything in terms of modern times, like and uh, look, and that's not to discount the bullying and all that kind of stuff, um, and the anti-Semitism. It's just because that's like way too like you know still prevalent. Um, but um. But yeah, it, it just feels like, you know, setting movies in the 1950s at this point just feels a little something. Um, <clears throat> well, it, it it lasts until the 70s. Sure. Is that right? No, it doesn't quite last that long. 
It lasts until the late 60s. Mm-hmm. Because the the catalyst for him going to um, interview for CBS is him going to interview for um, a spot on uh, Hogan's Heroes. Mm, to like, okay. be in for, for Hogan's Heroes. Bernie okay. Fine is the guy that he interviews with. Yeah, um, yeah. But, yeah, I saw that. Like, um, somebody famous plays that, right? Um, Logan's Hero. Uh, oh, not famous, but I mean, pe- a lot of people know him. He's the lost guy, like, that plays the pilot. He's uh, friends with Abrams. He was in Heroes and shit like that. You yeah. Um, but the pair of super superpower paramedic and heroes. Is that what he was? Uh, yeah, I don't even remember yeah. that shit. <clears throat> yeah, so none of the other movies I watched were necessarily worth like talking about. Yeah, I uh, mean, can you just give me a quick right. rundown of like you know, yay nay on those? Um, ones? I thought Nope was great. Mm-hmm. It was not at all what I expected to be, and I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. So disappointed in myself and putting off watching it for so long. Yeah. Um, I thought it was going to be too hipster for me, kind of. Mm-hmm. Uh, from the trailer, I I don't think the trailer does that movie any any justice. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really enjoyed Nope. Yeah. Uh, Orphan yeah. First Kill is going to have to be discussed at length at some point. I think. <laughs> okay. So, it's so fucking bad. Uh-huh. Like maybe the the other Thai um, spinstergrams we do. Like I'll talk about that. But man, that movie is. It's 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 atrociously bad. Mm-hmm. It, it was called First Kill, but it's a sequel to her already killing people in the first movie. Like it's not her. It's no, no one's first kill. Like anyone who's killed someone in this movie has killed somebody before. So it's so there is, stupid... oh, wait, it's not a prequel. No, it's a okay. Sequel. All right, we'll stop. We'll stop. Okay. Uh. Um, uh, Lullaby was really boring and bad. Mm. Um. Although it had kind of an interesting premise, but it's like, it was basically, it's sort of like a pseudo ripoff of The Ring, but with just mm-hmm. like a little bit different like plot context, but not very good. Um, I did not particularly enjoy Love and Thunder. Like, I thought it was okay, but I thought it was way too hard to be overly funny <laughs> too many times, and I thought that it kind of lost any real... Yeah, there's things that are would, fun in it, but it's not a very good movie. Yeah. I would have rather had more stuff with the God Butcher character, who I thought yes. was more interesting mm-hmm. than anything happening with like Jane Foster and Thor. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- yeah. there were parts of it I liked, but it was too long. Yeah, and I just felt like it was all over the place. Like it sure. was kind of it was, it was disappointing. And actually, the first um, Tika Watiti movie, or however you say his name, that I have not enjoyed at all. Mm-hmm. Um. That Kingslayer movie was seriously just like watching like a terrible BBC special, which it may have come from. I don't know. Um, I'm missing something. I watched something else. Yeah, you yeah I don't you. know. Yeah. All right. So let me um, go ahead. I know you are on a schedule. Let's go ahead quickly and um, spin this wheel since this is going to count for the do I dare to eat a peach episode? Um, and we'll do that.
something to do with professional wrestling. Uh, something to do with professional wrestling. So when you come back, that'll be your um, your official category, even if we tend to do something else here um, with the spin. Because there's a number of things in the air. Your your trip is is uh, like nebulous in the in the foundation of the multiple things going on in the podcast. Um, <clears throat> so there could be there could be a spin. There could be there could be lots of things. Um, so looking up times and uh, we're leaving for Fatia Beach in about an hour, and right. I'm looking up down there. So. Multiple yeah. things to watch when we go there. Right. So, um, got a friggin', you got a freaking Thailand food chat because I got like, but, snack so I, well, you're, you're fucking everything up, Frank. Like, that, so I want, I, I don't want to keep you too much longer. Like, when you got to leave, I want to do some, some like four or five day, whatever it is, like quick round. <laughs> like, you know, tell me some, tell me some food chat. How is, how, how's that coffee over there that you just had? It's right. Oh, it's delicious. It's instant coffee, but it's really oh. good. Um, we've actually had legit coffee a few times, and it's been amazing. Mm. When we went to a, so there's this cafe in Bangkok um, that has a zoo attached to it, mm-hmm. and they have capybara at the zoo, and you can like pet the capybara. So we went there yesterday. I don't, but I don't, I don't know what that. What what is that? A capybara? I don't know. Like giant rats, kind of. Oh, okay. Like combine like a dog with a rat with a coconut, and that's like a capybara. Um, so Tanya really wanted to go see him, but the exhibit didn't open till three, and we went in the morning. Um, so we had coffee at the little cafe they had there, and the coffee was amazing. I got um an iced cappuccino, and she got a regular cappuccino, and they were both super delicious. Um, pretty much anytime you get coffee here, like especially fresh brewed coffee, it's going to be amazing because it's all grown here. Um, so you get a lot of like really fresh um, coffee and tea. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of really good fruit, you know, like some amazing pineapple. And um, we did not eat. Have, I don't know if we've talked on the podcast about durian yet. We have not had a durian, um, although they were selling durian at the store. Um, durian is this like giant green. It almost looks like a oblong coconut, but it's got like spikes on the outside. Okay, and it smells like the devil's asshole. Like it is the most foul. Oh uh, yeah, I think we did talk about that briefly. Like on one, yeah, when you came back. But okay, so you haven't had one of those yet. Now, nah, because these are the things that like illegal. are illegal to take indoors or something. Yeah, you can't eat them indoors or else you get kicked out. So <laughs> you gotta you gotta be careful about where you eat it. Um, so no durian yet. Um, really great, just food like every night. Um. Like, always, like, super fresh. Like, there's this salad called Sum Tum that I love that's made with, uh, like, papaya and tomato and um, this kind of, like, spicy sour fish sauce. Um, but they make it with fresh corn and salted eggs sometime, and it's, oh, my God, it's so good. So delicious. So I've had that. Like, I mean, I've seen, like, a lot of the pictures you've been posting on, like, Facebook and stuff like that. So, like, what, can you can you go through, like, you know, like, some of the things, like, you have besides, like, the salad? Yes, we've eaten several kinds of larb. Um, larb is a like sautéed brown meat dish that's made with I think like basil and some other stuff, and you eat it with fresh basil, and it's it's super good. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had uh, curry a couple times, um, green curry and uh, Penang curry, which is like a yellow curry, and that was all really good. Okay. 
Um, we've eaten this soup a couple nights in a row called boat noodle soup um, that has like pork balls in it, and that was hmm. super delicious. Um, that broth is amazing. What's the, yeah, what's the do you know what the broth is? Kind of. I think like? it's. I don't know. It, it's. It's a dark broth. So my guess is it is like fish sauce based. Okay. Um, but really savory. A really good like sweet and like savory taste to it. Mm-hmm. Um. She got bamboo shoot salad last night, which is also like the foulest smelling shit. Like pickled bamboo shoots smell like fucking death, like an open sewer. Um, does, but they taste pretty good. How does that? I, it's actual bamboo shoots, like. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. How's they, that work? I guess the in, the in, inside of the bamboo and they pickle it. Okay. For a long time. Okay. Um, yeah. disgusting in <laughs> smell, but delicious in taste. Um couple different desserts like they make this dessert where it's shaved ice with um candied fruit on the inside and then coconut milk poured over it um that's really good i like that a lot super low fat and really like tasty okay um we bought like we had like thai bugles which are called um cornet is the thai bugle like the little conical um so okay uh, yes yes right i remember seeing the pictures of those i also wanted to ask you about the black pink um, oreos? oreos um it's just a branding thing okay it's just a the branding they're thing. just okay they're just they're oreos they're not even that good at oreos honestly like i don't know if they don't use they're there's something different they're very dense um but they just taste like oreos so i mean is, Bla- is black pink very popular like over there i mean this is related to the girl band right oh uh-huh. yeah it's popular okay. everywhere okay Every, okay right. yeah they're popular here there was a the whole display of black pink oreos okay in the store okay. um so i got a package of the pink oreos and a package of the black oreos mm-hmm. and they tasted and i realized i don't really like the oreos that much anymore so what um, are you putting them in milk a... what are you putting them in milk i ain't got no milk what you got coconut I have milk? Water. Uh, not here. I guess I could have. I had a low fat milk at breakfast. I had some cereal. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the first time I've had. I think like Just, animal. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll do, I'm going to write this down. We'll discuss Oreos at a different point. Okay, fine. I'm not saying I dislike Oreos. I don't like these Oreos. Okay. Like there's something different. Like they're really difficult to twist off. Like you can't like. You know, in American Oreos, just like twist and they just come apart. It's it's not it's it's hard to explain. It's not the same thing. Um, we also got some uh, uh, dried squid strips. I can't remember what that's actually called, but it's like um, squid with like a spicy chili on it and dried, and you eat it like beef jerky kind of. Okay. Good. Um, and then salmon skin, which you also eat like um, pork rinds, but it's with like the skin of salmon. Hmm. Um, and that was pretty good too. So now I'm assuming all this stuff is like lower, like, you know, like everything because it's so like seafood based, like a lot of it probably. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, they use a lot of salt, so mm. you're still going to get like the cholesterol and stuff, but, right. but overall, yeah, it's, um, we, you know, you go down and like, you go to the store and you buy a huge package of apples and pineapples and watermelon and mango and it's like i don't know like a dollar fifty something mm-hmm. like two dollars for like this huge amount of fruit and it's all like super fresh right it's a uh, it's really good 
I got some uh, lychee juice and some What's that? guava juice. Lychee okay. is uh, Asian fruit. It's like a ball okay. type thing. Guava, I've heard of before. Okay, I get that. Guava, yeah, and that, that was that was really good. And that's all fresh too, like the juice you buy in the stores. Okay. And we got this. Um, so you can buy beer everywhere. Like you walk into Seven Eleven or like every civilized place except Maryland in the world, and there's just beer like on the shelf. But we got this. Um, Belgian raspberry wheat beer that was really good too at the store. Okay, um, and that was I don't know, a, like two dollars a can or something like that. It would have been much more expensive yeah. in America, right? Um, nice. So, I'm I think I asked you this when you came back, like that, like when we had a long talk when you first came back the first time, but um. What are the? I'm assuming you've had liquor over there. What are liquor prices like? Are they like much cheaper than here and stuff like that? Because I think you had a picture of like a mixed drink. Um, it depends on what you get. Um, if you buy local liquors, it's much less expensive than there. Mm-hmm. Um, like two dollars for a mixed drink, usually fifty. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're buying uh, labeled liquor, yeah. like imported liquor, so at at dinner the other so the first day of dinner I had um Singa beer, which is like the main beer of Thailand. And it was um two beers for like eh, four dollars basically. Okay. okay. Um but then I had Jameson and Lime Tonic at dinner the other night. Uh-huh. And that was about eight dollars for that drink. Okay. I mean, it was a healthy sized drink, but it was definitely like high end. Yeah, like prices. So when you say local, is that like kind of like what we would call rail here? Well, no, it's just made in Thailand. It doesn't. I understand that, but it's like in terms of price. I'm sorry. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. So like a dollar, two dollars. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh As opposed to, like, if I wanted to get Heineken, I'd be paying a lot more money than just getting like Singa or Tang or or like the big. So then, so then in that case, like, um, local whiskey, local bourbon, like, um, how, how is that like overall? Like, and I mean, does it work in mixed drinks just as well as anything else? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it yeah. actually works a little better. Okay. Um, I believe uh, Mekong, um, whiskey, which is really good, but it's super cheap. Mm-hmm. Like a third of the price that you're going to pay for, you know, when I, like I get Jack and Cokes a lot when I go out to drink and a Jack and Coke here's like seven or eight dollars yeah sure nine dollars it's 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 pretty same pricey as in, same as northeast maryland right so right yeah but like regular stuff like if you're just buying you know but for us that's ridiculous because we can buy a fifth of jack for twenty dollars or whatever mm-hmm. a fifth of jack no i don't know um whereas yeah, here like 22 i mean but it's like you know you can buy the bigger bottles for 36 i mean yeah, you can buy like Mekong here for I don't know, like six, seven dollars for a fifth. I think mm-hmm. is what I saw. Gotcha. So yeah. All right. So just tell everybody uh, what are you what are you up to next? Like where are you where are you going where are you going again on bus? Just so everybody knows. No, we're not going on a bus. That's crazy. What? We're on a, a taxi. Yeah, we're taking a taxi. All right. Um, like we're a, taking like, a taxi. Like a vehicle, or is it yeah. one of the <laughs> things that like? No, it's a van. Okay. Like a regular... Are they all vans? No, there's some regular cars. Okay. Most taxis are cars. We're going in 
the guy that we've used every time we've been in Bangkok now, mm-hmm. uh, who gives us a pretty good price. So he's charging us like, I don't know, $45 to drive a hundred kilometers to the, to Patea. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't, sound, he, bad. That doesn't <laughs> sound bad at all, right? Like for what you say, six yeah. hours? Oh, no, it's about two. Oh, two, okay. But he'll stop on the way, because we're going to stop and get lunch on the way at this, like, rest stop that's on okay. the highway. So he'll stop and wait for us and stuff. I mean, they're very, like, he... Well, considering, <laughs> I'm just asking this, like, when you came back the last time and you ended up, like, getting somebody to take you from the airport to um home, like, what was the cost of that? Oh, not even home. From the airport to People's Plaza. So, People... like... <laughs> right. Still like 30, like 25, 30 minutes from home. Uh-huh. Um, $245. Right. Spent. Right. That's yeah. crazy. Um, so this guy yesterday charged us about $40 to pick us up in the morning, um, drive us to that uh, little roadside cafe, then drive us to Wat Po, which is this temple in central Bangkok, and then bring us all the way back and drop us off at a restaurant near our hotel so we could have lunch um so he's 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 pretty reasonable yeah nice. he only charged like 30 dollars to drive tanya to the airport on thursday so she could come and wait for me pick me up and then come and pick us back up and drive us back so round trip 30 bucks for probably like two and a half hours of time of him like waiting and being available is pretty yeah. good that is all right. Well, um, enjoy. Um, and yeah. we have plenty of stuff like on file um, and possibly coming um, maybe still from Thailand. So uh, thanks yeah, we're for definitely What's that? One movie. One we're movie. definitely going to do one movie. Okay. I think there's two that I really want to see, but maybe I'm seeing three. Okay. So, we'll All right. Sounds good. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Yep. Deuces.